Catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. Hey, what's up, gang? Uh, it's Mishka coming to you from uh, uh, chilly Lo-Fi, Ohio. I uh, didn't bring my recording stuff, so I'm recording this for you on my phone. Uh, God, I love technology. Uh, yeah, if you didn't see my social media post, I bought a, uh, tiny crappy little old house in Ohio and, uh, got keys for it. And I'm in the process now of regretting everything. I mean, uh, doing the sort of preliminary round of fix up stuff where you discover all the other bigger fix up stuff that needs to be done. Uh, no, it's great. I swear. I swear. It's so fun. Um, but, uh, I've, man, I have so much stuff coming up right now. The, I am springing back into action, which means uh, maximum chaos right now. Uh, Wednesday, November 9th at my house in Phoenix, I'm going to be hosting, uh, a bunch of road comics returning from, uh, Let's Fest in Gainesville. Uh, we're going to have Brandy Posey, John Michael Bond, Anna Valenzuela, a couple of my local favorites, uh, Sari Beliak and Leslie Barton. Uh, this is not a chicks rock kind of night. This just happens to be a comedy show where there's a bunch of good comics and they're not all dudes. The, that happens sometimes. Um, the, uh, then on November 17th, uh, Derek Sheen will be flying in from Seattle and he and I are going to do a little run of shows on November 17th, we're at Blackbridge Brewery in Kingman, Arizona. Uh, on November 18th, uh, another star-studded cast at my house in Phoenix. Uh, Derek, myself, Eric Sobchak, uh, Christopher Royer. That should be a fucking banger. Uh, November 19th, we'll be at Catal- uh, Derek and I will be at Catalina Craft Pizza in Tucson, Arizona. And then November 20th, we'll be at the Quarry in Bisbee, uh, sort of my, the quarry has become my home away from home, the a spot that I don't miss whenever I'm in Bisbee. Um, and then what's this more tour dates? Uh, yeah, November 30th, I'll be hitting the road, uh, for real. Uh, I'll be doing a show at the comedy fort in Fort Collins with, uh, my road wife, Kyle Pogue, a guy named Ben Roy, Another guy named Sam Talent and uh, Haley Raven. Um, this should be a killer show if you're in uh, Fort Collins or Denver, Boulder, wherever. Um, after that, I have a run of shows in Lincoln and Omaha, Kansas City. I'll be dropping those soon. Um, I'll be driving out to from Phoenix back out to Ohio to work on more stuff here. With with my dogs, with my dog Sadie and my dog uh, Rad Pinkard, I'm uh, I'm bringing my little uh, adopted, unwanted foster child on the road with me. That should be fun. Uh, we hadn't checked in with my mom for a while, and things have been weird in my family. Uh, my mother had a uh, you know they discovered a mass on her throat, uh, which. Probably not cancer. Uh, so that has been incredibly nerve-wracking for us. And at the same time, uh, my uh, my father found a mass on his kidney, uh, which is totally cancer. Um, and I don't know. Those two things just sort of stirred up a lot of weird shit in my family. So I figured it was time to sit down with my old mom again and... Uh, sort of catch up on what's going on in her life, how that's affected my life and how that should affect all of your lives. So, uh, please enjoy the podcast. If you haven't, please sign up for the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Mishka Shivali. Uh, now that my entire empire will be sunk into uh, caulk and spackle and, uh, and paint. Um, I need your help more now than ever. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here is another podcast with my old mom.
Oh, God, we missed that. Yeah, we missed that entire conversation about uh, chicken hearts versus chicken livers. Well, do the, you want to go over that? <laughs> no, I, I'm sure it'll come back up organically. As long as it doesn't come back up on the dinner table. Oh, I, well, the, it might. Remember, pate. So uh, I don't call it pate de foie gras because that would be a lie. <laughs> pate and pat b. Yeah, I'll, I'll pate de for, poulet. I'll opt for the, I'll opt for the pat b. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Just my worst childhood memory. I wonder if you can actually get PTSD. Um, from your parents forcing you to eat uh, disgusting chicken livers and stuff like that. I remember yams too. That was the uh, it's yams and sweet potatoes mm-hmm. were my. I just had like a fear of them, and now I have like four pre-baked sweet potatoes. I in the saw fridge them right now. The, <laughs> well, I was in. Well, I, first of all, you got to amend the word "forced" because I never forced your kids to eat anything. This is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't it's a quite you know one of the things that I've discovered from writing memoir and trying and being in therapy and sort of going back through trying to go back through memories and the what happened is never like what we remember is never what really happened. Well, no, you have to consult with the other parties and in, in well, but they don't involved and then either. they're going to tell you how they remember it. Yeah. And then you distill it from there. And that takes too long, so just stick with your memory. Yeah, so I mean, I, I do think that there is an objective truth that like things do unfold in a certain way, but then quickly they get overwritten or warped or distorted or whatever, and then... Well, even that is always based on our view of it, of how it happened. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. somebody totally neutral has to be able to be there and see the yam put on the table and you make a face. I, uh, when I was in Atlanta, I was like living by myself and trying really hard to stick to vegan. And so I would, you know, it was like lots of unfortunate stir fries and just crimes against vegetables <laughs> and all baked potatoes or uh, baked sweet potatoes because they're so easy to make. And one time I was like in a hurry. So I, and I was starving. So I grabbed one as I was like heading out the door and I still had my Toyota van and it had the cup holders there. <laughs> so I just, I just put like a, sweet potato in the cup holder and then i was at um i was at a stoplight and i was eating and so i grabbed my sweet potato and i was just eating it like you would eat you know a fucking banana or burrito or whatever and the and i like to think that people are a lot more open-minded now than they used to be but still not open-minded enough that they can watch a man take a potato out of the cup holder and eat it at a stoplight and not freak out like i remember looking over at people and being like oh my god that's exactly how i felt when i was a kid when i had to eat sweet potato well you're bringing up a memory of um being in tibet they sell baked potatoes uh, in the in the street, like street hawkers. They have a little barbecue grill, and that's the specialty. You know, on the beach in the Caribbean or Cambodia, it's it's shrimp. But here in Tibet, it's potatoes. And you can buy them hot and eat them as you walk along. I made one the other night, and it was like... I tried to throw some garlic in there, too, but the garlic just sort of, like, burnt up. So mm-hmm. it, the house smelled real good for a minute, but I, I couldn't eat any of the garlic. So I just split them, poured a little coconut oil on them. I have the pumpkin spice seasoning mm-hmm. that people put in their coffee and shit. And it was like, and I so I just sprinkled that on the potato with some uh, raisins and some uh, chili powder. Or no, it was habanero flakes I got from Robin. Habanero? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was so good. Well, in the Caribbean, my favorite dessert was sweet potato pie i feel like sweet potato pie is way more pie than potato though right it's like pumpkin yeah but yellow yeah yeah that's really good mom let's um i was at altercation when i got the news that you don't have cancer yeah right so let's uh let's talk a little bit about that the about all the cancer that you don't have the um when did you when did you first notice that you had like a lump in your throat well i didn't and that's why it's so big uh i i had 
I have a new doctor, and since I'm very healthy, I only go to the doctor once a year, um, you know, because that's suggested. Um, it's, and then Medicare pays for that annual checkup. So I thought, you know, I'm going to just throw everything out there that he doesn't know about me uh, that he can put in my chart in case it's relevant. So I have this funny, I don't know if it's a nodule or a bump on my head that um, it's just there. And I mentioned it to the last doctor and she was like, hmm, yeah, hmm, but didn't make anything of it. So I said, you know, I just want you to know, doctor, that two of my sisters have had meningiomas and I have this lump on my head and I want you to just tell me what you think it is. So he felt it and he said, I, can't, I don't know what it is. Um, well, let's do a CAT scan. So we did the CAT scan, and a week later he called me and he said, oh, I got your CAT scan. Good news is there's nothing uh, on your wrong with your head. The bad news is we picked up the top of something in your neck, and I'm going to send you to um, an oral surgeon, refer you to a surgeon. So I had my referral. She looked at the CAT scan and she said, hmm, this appears to be quite big, four centimeters. I need to know more. I want you to have a neck uh, scan. So off I went for another scan. Uh, when it came back, she said um, she had to confer with another surgeon uh, because this was a large mass. It didn't appear to be cancerous. It was encapsulated, no ragged edges. I didn't have any of the symptoms like rapid weight loss, for example. Um, so she was pretty certain it wasn't, but she thought it was um, a tumor on the parotid and talked about removing it through possibly removing the entire parotid or that portion of it, which really uh, was not a pleasant prospect because um, I also have a sister who has had a cyst removed from her parotid, not the same sisters. <laughs> I have nine you have of them. so many sisters. You have you could have like a medical curiosity devoted to each one of them. Exactly. Have like I have the a, sisters left nine over. Uh, conditions that we can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor's like, can I get a p complete medical history? Or like, just sit down. Yeah, right. <laughs> take a look, take no, copious notes here. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, her surgery involved a, a what what is kind of referred to or looks like a facelift um, incision. So they start in the front of the lower ear and they go around the ear and then in through the back uh, by the hairline. And I thought, well, that, that sucks. I mean, I just as soon have a facelift <laughs> either side. <laughs> uh, but then I learned that her, her mass was just 1.5 centimeters, and yet it took three full months before she re regained uh, the, the feeling in her cheek and was able to blink her eye because they had to lift up the facial nerve in order to extract this cyst. So I got to thinking about that, like um, now we're dealing with four centimeter, the size of a walnut cyst, and um, I could understand why this doctor wanted the expertise of another surgeon, and they proposed doing it in tandem. But before they scheduled the surgery, they wanted to do an MRI to just look more deeply at the nature of the mass. So now we've got the MRI back, and she says to me that they think... So these are the experts. They think it's a neurofibromatosis. So I looked that up, which is a genetic disorder. And the good news is that in the there are three types, and this would be type two. In type two, these uh, cysts um, appear in early adulthood or midlife. So yay, that means I should have another 75 years to live. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the, the cyst is something you're using to diagnose your lifespan from and not the other way. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I started thinking about what she had to say, and it's, it's actually it's scary as hell, um, because they'll, it'll be a bigger incision in my neck still coming in through the front of my face according to her plan. And one surgeon will work from inside my mouth to push this mass towards the incision so it can be removed from the outside. So they're going to do like a lady in the tramp thing. Yeah, like one but one attack one me from then. one end and one from the other. <laughs> but um, 
when I read up about it, you know, with uh, Google Medical uh, Doctor, um, <laughs> like everybody does. <laughs> Good old Dr. Google. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't have any of the symptoms. Um, I don't have ringing of the ears. I don't have poor balance. I don't have uh, poor declining vision. I've always had uh, bad more glasses since I was 10. But I don't have any of the symptoms. So now I've asked for a second opinion with Mayo Clinic. And uh, I'm just waiting on that. So in the meantime, I clear my throat often because there is something there and it um, the con- proverbial uh, frog in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, other than that, I have no pain. This, I, I feel like this is a sort of a timely conversation because whenever, um, when I'm, whenever I'm talking to my friends, and they're like, "Oh, fucking healthcare!" Like I, you know, I signed up for this, or I have to change my healthcare from this to that, or whatever. Um, and it is, it's a quagmire, but it's a quagmire that we. Um, that we're tackling with um, with a lot of privilege, you know, that like my friends and I are largely college educated and intelligent and have all our, all our faculties about us and, you know, don't have any kind of uh, mental disability or whatever um, other than being comedians. And the... <laughs> And and whenever I go through something like that and it's a pain in the ass, I always think, like, God, imagine what it's like for a frail old 75-year-old <laughs> or somebody where English is their second language or they're right. dyslexic or they have Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or some any kind of degenerative brain illness or they've had a stroke or something like that where or even that they had a, like a fucking slow connection so they had to keep refreshing and re-entering the information and stuff like that um how has it been for you mentally to go through this process of um you know i mean a doctor when you have a nodule on your head or a bump on your head or a bump in your throat or something like that that's potentially like you know my cousin daniel had the you know bumps on the back of his neck and three weeks later he was dead when Mm -hmm. he was 15 Mm -hmm. you know um so it's potentially incredibly scary yeah very scary. Have have you been scared at all through this? Well, yes, but my way of dealing with fear is to go right over to the intellectual side of my brain and start looking at, okay, what can be done? What are the possibilities? Uh, what's the timeline? Who do I talk to? And so, as Dr. Carlisle said, you ask some very good questions. That's great. And he, on my behalf, asked some very good questions. He immediately said, what kind of insurance do you have? Do you have regular Medicare or do you have an Advantage program? Um, Because I think if you just have regular Medicare, which I do, um, you may may have a small copay, but this should be covered, the second opinion. So already he was on my side from the financial perspective. Mm-hmm. But this is scary as shit and it makes me angry because there's no need for a country this um, elevated, shall we say, in, in all areas, te- technology and, and science and all the, the benefits that we have by living in, in this country, we can't provide socialized medicine. It sucks because, and you know this, my brother-in-law just had a major, major life-threatening surgery in Canada to remove an aortic um, abdominal um, aneurysm. Mm-hmm. He survived. Yeah. Financial worry was not part of this. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's one of the things that we see that's completely pervasive in American life is that it it's not a democracy. It's a plutocracy where there's the, you know, there's several different, there's a hard line between, um, do you have enough money to pay for basic health care? Do you not have enough money to pay for any health care? Or do you have enough money to pay for the fucking best of the best of the best, you know? And it's like it, what that works out to is difference in, in lifespan, in quality of life, you know, where there is a, uh, a ruling class of, you know, the immortals like, mm-hmm. 
you know, Elon Musk, you know, I mean, the, if his head chopped, got chopped, well, if his head got chopped off, he'd buy another head because that's how much <laughs> fucking money he has, you know, and then, and you know, and then sort of like people um, under that and then, um, you know, a refugee. Sure. Who, who they're, they're treated in this country as subhuman. Sure. And just things like, I mean, part of what th- went through my head was how many days in hospital will this involve? Uh, are they going to charge me $14 for a damned aspirin? You know, I'll take one and put it in my pocket, you know, because I'm not going to be cheated that way and treated that way. Yeah. Um, and even now, as we're looking at this, and if they schedule surgery, we're at the end of this year. So I, my supplemental plan has a $2,500 deductible. If it's just a neat surgery, that's one thing. But the potential for this mass to be on my cranial nerve 9 and 10, which involves swallowing, or uh, 12, which involves uh, the shoulder, or 11, which involves the tongue. Uh, There's others, you know, plus your facial uh, nerve. Um, To take a mass that big out, these nerves are going to be stretched. Mm -hmm. It can take a year for them to fully function again, and some may not fully function again. Yeah. So how much therapy will I now need if this is what transpires, if this, if this is the way it goes? So, yeah, I mean, part of me is going nuts, and the other part of me is like, okay, what's the next step? I was talking to Sari when, you know, in between the window of when we got the MRI, you know, the MRI was sort of scheduled and then performed, and then we were waiting to get results, and she was like, hey, just checking in, you know, seeing how you're doing, how's mom, how, how are you? And I told her, I was like, we're being real fucking productive. We sure are. <laughs> like, just doing uh, job after job after, just, you know, and I don't, th- I don't think we talked about worry that much. No, either. but in my mind, if, if I was thinking, well, damn, if this is going to affect my shoulder, I better get that painting done. <laughs> That's the pragmat- pragmatism on, that on I that go note, to. You I have know? a lot of stuff you need to get done. <laughs> it's you know it, it's true too. I mean you know we do we think about our lives in um, you know as a binary. You're alive or you're dead. But you know the um, you know what kind of life is it if um, if you're missing an arm or if you yeah. can't move you know part of your face or um, well you would all hate it if I couldn't move my tongue. <laughs> Because your phone would be ping, ping, ping with texts all. It's one of those. Well, it's one of those careful what you wish for things. Because I, I was the the other day, I was like looking at one of your texts, and I was like, God, if I could, if I could travel back in time, it wouldn't be to kill Hitler as a baby. It would be whoever taught mom voice to text. I would go back and undo that because <laughs> I know I, the, my trigger finger is too fast. That, well, dictate, the other morning you were that. like, Oh, it's so cold. I'm just sitting here shimmering. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, that ah, oh, that is so my mom. Like the the rest of us are freezing and she's shimmering. The, the rest are shivering and I'm shimmering. Yeah. But part of that right now is that it some of my pronunciation is affected by this lump in my throat. Huh. <clears throat> well, imagine this if you have a really bad cold and you've got a lot of mucus draining in the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah. You know how you get hung up? Sometimes like, let me clear that and then start again. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't work so well when you're texting. Yeah. (laughs) I, it's funny because going through this whole thing and then you describing the, like the mass in your throat and, um, and, and how it felt and how it manifested in the process, I convinced myself that. I was like, oh, fuck, I think I have that, too. Because <laughs> I have had, like, a weird thing going on, like, on the left side of my neck. Um, and uh, Get it checked out. <laughs> I, well, I think it, I think it's uh, psychosomatic or something like that, because I feel like I've had it since 2020. The I don't know. Um, I think I hear Sadie whining, so I'm, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to let her out to go pee. Okay. We'll come right back. Okay, false alarm. Sadie was fine. <laughs> Just having a dream. Um, it's it's I like my whole life. You and then T, when we're in a situation of like sort of stress or worry, 
the um you often have you have seem to have like have had two different responses one is like um just be positive and everything will will come out okay and then the other one is um i feel like things are going to work out like i have an intuition mm-hmm. that things are going to work out and i didn't really worry when as this started unfolding like i, I had a like couple like little darts of terror here and there um but i had a feeling throughout that things were going to be okay and part of it was i i think was data driven because uh you've never been a smoker you've never been a heavy right. drinker you've never been morbidly obese you've always been pretty act you know you know pretty active the you you've cut down on all these different risk factors from the life that you've led um and and also that your that your sisters had this and it wasn't cancerous right. um the there's a, a joke about cyst sisters there, but I'm not going to. You're not it. going there. Yeah. The um, but also I just had a feeling that um, that you were going to be okay, and that, and I still have a feeling that you're going to be okay. I, I gonna, think so too. And actually, this last diagnosis was just we think, and so it may turn out that it is something different. Uh, so. You know, I really in life, I choose most of the time not to worry until I have to worry. So I try not to worry in advance. Instead, I go after the facts, gather more information. So I think I will be okay, uh, but okay may be different. I may have a a saggy one side of my face, like Bell's palsy sort of look, or my eyelid may droop or, um, you know... Uh, it may be different, but I don't think I'm going to die. I have I have been sort of like, you know, making negotiations in my head um, as this has been unfolding, you know, of, uh, oh, I want this thing or I care about this thing. But then when this lump in your throat came up, I've sort of been negotiating of like, I, I don't need that other thing. You can you can take everything just like just leave me my mom. The and but. I I haven't feared um, you being transformed by illness or recovery, you know, you losing the ability to smile or something like that. But then the other day, I can't remember if it was like a clip that I saw. Maybe I was playing with a dog or something like that. And I, I know that like I'm going bald in the front here and I hate that. And then I like notice that I'm going bald in the like the sort of the top. In the, the Prince William way. The, yeah. And <laughs> the um, I'm six foot five, the not a lot of people are looking at the top of my head. The And if you are looking at the top of my head, it sounds like I probably passed the test already. But the <laughs> but um, the but it. it, it chilled me i was like oh i fucking i look like an old man you know and i'm but i'm 45 and it's yeah. like appropriate for guys my age to you know to lose their hair yeah um but you know it's it's yeah, the way we conceptualize the integrity of our own bodies and then the thought of losing you know i almost lost extension of this my left index finger i think it was this hand was that it? No, no, no. The extension of my right index finger um, when I broke a bottle when I was drinking and had to get stitches in this hand. They said they were like, oh, you came real close to just severing mm, that, wow. um, that tendon. And then you That's an important to, one. The uh, Yeah, I was thinking, well, I mean, I play guitar with my left hand, but the, to not be able to. Um, text? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, then I'd have Keyboard. to use voice, voice to text. <laughs> right. You know? the, You'd be sitting there shimmering. Yeah. <laughs> But whenever something happens that uh, changes or transforms or reduces your sort of bodily integrity, the, I don't know, I feel like we go through a certain grieving process. Well, it's known, it's well known, people who lose a limb, for example, or, you know, a woman who has a mastectomy, these kinds of of events, um, it's a part of you. I mean, some people want that part to be retained so it can be buried with or cremated with integrity with the the rest of the body. Yeah. That's how much they feel that that defines them or it's a it's a part of them. 
I always thought it was bullshit that you would go to the hospital and like get a tumor removed or something and that they wouldn't give it to you. It's like, I'm paying you all this money to take something right. from me. That's mine. That's mine. Give me my gallstone. The, this, <laughs> this is so gross, but I, I have a little pink plastic box somewhere that still has a bunch of my teeth in it. It's, uh, it's, they smell horrible. Oh God. It just, it smells like. It smells like the morgue or like a cadaver or something. Just, oh, vile. But the I saved them for some reason. I yeah. think I know where they are, too. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, I don't know where weird. anything else is in my house. But I know where <laughs> Maybe you could locate are. your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I'm just really trying to um, <clears throat> take it one day at a time, but to make the medical profession be accountable to me. Yeah. None of this, yeah. you know, like you will have the results tomorrow night and then it's like... Uh, five days later before you get the call fuck that you know when and as i i told this um the the primary doctor about it i said you know when you're waiting to know whether it's cancer or not should you have to wait five days because somebody didn't pay attention to the fact that the file hadn't come in or that the file hadn't been read or that you hadn't been informed yeah and he he said to me he said do you want me to refer you to someone else Wow. Yeah. The this is one of the things I've been thinking about so much because I think at different times in my life I've learned that I I take up too much space and also that I I don't take up enough. Uh, I'm not confident or comfortable enough. And you know, I feel like we need to tell everybody that like fast food workers do not work for you. They're not <laughs> They're not there. You don't own them. They're not there for you to boss around. Doctors, they work for you. (laughs) Like if that's one of the one of the things that we take away from you know the American healthcare is like you fucking work for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um. And 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 women are taught from you know from the time they're very as soon as they have a conceptualization of gender identity whether they you know it's a they're blue or pink you yeah. know you're taught to not be too loud or too obnoxious or too boisterous to say please and thank you, you and know. to defer to the male yeah yeah exactly and not to not to be loud or rude or take up you know uh, too much space. But when, but when it's your healthcare, when it's your chicken sandwich, sit down and just be patient. Yep. When it's your health insurance and your healthcare and stuff like that, be a pain in the ass for the world. That's exactly where I'm at. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, if I don't hear by Monday, I'll let the doctor know and he'll rattle the cage. And, uh, you know, so I, I expect I'll hear back fairly soon. And I have the feeling that Mayo Clinic, um, with their expertise, probably can schedule a surgery a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So the other but in side, the meantime, <laughs> there are projects to do. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I'll tell you what. You know, until well, you probably still have a fuck a few days to. When we didn't know what the diagnosis was with the lump in your throat, whenever you were like, "Okay, Mishka, go get more flagstone," I was like. Oh my! You don't know if she's gonna live or die. Just, just do this shit for her. Just lift the heavy stuff and smile, and don't be cranky. I know your back's redlining. I was like, uh, we only have X number of hours to move heavy shit together left. Yeah, right. You know, the, but if you get a clean the bill, of, we were. If you get a clean bill of health, I'll be on the couch, man. I'm tired. I'm worn out. Well, I'll just strip that paint off that wall in the. <laughs> yeah. So the other side of the coin is that while you've been going through this, uh, dad has been diagnosed with cancer, yeah, um, cancer of the kidney, and he's having a kidney removed, and prognosis is good for him, um, yeah. that there's a high likelihood he can go in and have the kidney removed uh, without too much bother and continue to be a pain in the ass for the rest of us for another 10 to 20 years. Yep. Yep. You can live on one kidney and he's he too has been in really pretty good good health. Yep. So yeah, it should not be that horrible, but we won't know of course cuz we're not talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it's been fascinating for me to to have these two experiences unfold at the same time of um being terrified that you had cancer and then finding out that you don't and still being incredibly concerned and um finding out that dad has cancer and not caring you know i mean it seems it feels really really brutal and cruel to say that but um you know i don't i don't want it to cause him any pain i don't want him to suffer at all in any way but you know when it happened i was like you know if he's dying i'll go but anything short of that i won't <laughs> you know i need a guarantee <laughs> yeah right um i don't i i feel that that's one of the more benign types of cancer because you have two kidneys, you can function on one, and as long as it's contained within the kidney, it can be removed. With mom, my mom, she was too old and too far advanced, so she was almost 90. But the doctor did say, we will keep her uh, without pain. Mm-hmm. And, and mom never took as much as an aspirin. She was not in pain. Wow. It is not a painful cancer. Wow. What caused some of the discomfort and pain in that sense later on was uh, her legs swelling up from fluid retention as her kidneys finally failed in the last six weeks or so mm-hmm. when she wasn't able to support herself anymore to walk. Um, yeah. Her ankles were like watermelons, etc. You know, that part of the dying. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Right. You know, I was talking to Nicole about this, you know, that we're talking about sort of life and death and mortality. And and she said, you know, when she was a child and she figured out that she was going to die one day, she like freaked out. And I remember another student at T.W. Morrison in Canada uh, Christy, she was just crying, you know, uncontrollably all day one day. And it was like, she had just figured out that, that people would die, you mm-hmm. know, when she was, she was afraid of dying. And I don't remember ever having that thing of being, you know, being afraid of dying or let me rephrase, let me rephrase that. I'm not afraid of death. Death. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of dying. Yeah. I'm af- I'm not afraid of the destination. I'm afraid of getting there. Yeah. Like the process. Yeah. The, you know, they, they say, enjoy the journey. I'm like, that's not one journey people enjoy. <laughs> well, recently, uh, someone said that uh, his sister-in-law had died peacefully in the night. And I said, whoa, hang on, hang on. She had three <laughs> forms of cancer, including lung cancer in the end. She might have died peacefully but the dying up till that moment well, was maybe, not peaceful <laughs> also maybe it was peacefully peaceful for you because she didn't wake you up yeah but, right <laughs> yeah, you don't know <laughs> yeah, and maybe it was peaceful for her because she was relieved yeah because the dying process would <laughs> be pretty exhausting yeah so when i was running this morning there's the there's always so many accidents around here you can tell that we live in you know what was historically the poorer part of town because yeah. the fucking six ways stops and stuff like yeah. that you know talking about uh, plutocracy you know yeah. um and then there's another intersection up here where i saw a, a white woman in a range rover uh take out a you know mexican guy in a um smaller economy car and then lie about it so i went back and made sure that they had the full story but that same um that same intersection, I was running with Sadie, and Sadie's always like bouncing around, you know, on the leash, and she sort of uh, was prancing around and almost like swung her hips so that her back legs slipped off the sidewalk. And I had like that momentary flash of like if a truck came along at mm. that moment right. and like caught her while I was running with her, man, you know the. Human beings and dogs have evolved over thousands and thousands of years to live together, and human beings have evolved. And, you know, we know that we live longer than dogs. And when I got her, that was part of the deal with the devil that I made, is that I will love you unconditionally and I will watch you die. But, uh, 
man, if something like that happened now, yeah. I don't know that I would <clears throat> that I'd be able to recover. I know. Um, and like watching her this morning, being out on the uh, T commented on that Instagram post of her jumping. Yeah, Sadie jumping. I mean, it's clearly six feet in the air at yeah. least, yeah, and maybe more. And that was after running and her, her doing a bunch of those jumps in the park, you uh-huh. know. So that that wasn't peak performance for her either. <laughs> and T said, um, "Oh my God, you know, look at how proud of her you are." Yeah, and I am. I absolutely yeah. am. Yeah, and that's she's you like know, your kid. Yeah, it's one <clears throat> thing in my life that I, um, you know, I just I love her unconditionally, and and because of the communication barrier, I have to to approach her with maximum patience and generosity yeah. and yeah. Like just sort of give her time and space to be who she is and yeah she's doing the best she can and she's do, doing great and so yeah. is this little one here yeah. <laughs> elsie came to visit elsie <laughs> was so happy today when nicole took uh sadie for i know hike. she just pranced right over and she i was know like, now it's but, me and you <laughs> but guess what she misses her dog when sadie's not around. oh yeah, the, yeah. When, whenever like we go out for a while and then we come back uh, like Elsie just sort of gallops right over. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 She just wanted to be queen for an hour. Yeah. yeah. That's they all. Like, yeah. yeah. They like having a break from each other. Yeah. And the fastest way to get Sadie to come over is to call Elsie. Yeah. And Sadie will just come right over. That's funny. That's... But um, has it, uh, has it dredged up a lot of like old bullshit at the thought of, um, you know, dad having cancer and, Stuff like that, or are you no. pretty clear I, now? I'm, with I'm, I'm real clear that our journey is done. He and I had our time, and it wasn't all bad. I, I have every once in a while I have memories of different. You know, I'll see something and I'll say, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's the time we did this, or whatever." You know, uh, but you know, we're all broken souls to some degree. You know, we all have cracks. Yeah, <laughs> as Leonard yeah. Cohen says, um, and. Um, you know, you you just it's time. Sometimes it's just time to move on. You can't fix, yeah, a relationship. Sometimes you can't fix another person. Sometimes you can't fix a job. Sometimes sometimes it's just time. It's just time. Yeah, it's. And I hated that he that he left the way he did, and that he he told you kids he was only divorcing me, and he'd call you every Sunday, and then he didn't, and 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 you know, there's lots of things like that that I hated, but that's that's me trying to take on his shit, and I'm done. Yeah, I th- one of the things that <clears throat> um, how do I how do I put this the we're always told forgive and forget, mm-hmm. right? The if um, and it's true, you know, if one time you were supposed to pick me up from the airport and then you didn't pick me up from the airport, <laughs> I need to I need forget to, about it. I need to forgive and forget, right? Yeah. yeah. The but it's also true. Um, with dad that I need to forgive him because he did do the best that he could with the tools um, that he had. Yeah. With the tools that he had, you know, I mean, he came from a you know pretty horrific experience as a yeah. child and as a young man. And then, um, you know, things happened in his life that sort of made him continue mm-hmm. uh, warping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to not forget the harm, but I need to forget him. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need to close that door. Yeah. And I, I think that... Well, forget his, the the need for him or the role, uh, you know, that he played, you know, in, in your life. And you don't need him in that sense. Um, but yeah, there's a balance there of forgiving and forgetting. You know, some stuff you just like, it's done, it's in the past. And then other stuff, it's okay to remember it. Yeah, the you know what you were saying about um, you know remembering times you had together and being able to say like oh that was fun or that was a good day you know I I hate it when you know I talk to other alcoholics and they're like yeah I drank for thirty years and it was misery I'm like 
misery every single day, huh? Mm-hmm. That's funny because when I was drinking, it was fucking, it was a blast for a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was su- might have been misery in the morning, but <laughs> it was super fucking fun until it wasn't. You right. know, the, it was like a blast right up until yeah. it sucked. Yeah. You know, or it was a ratio of the. Yeah. You know, it, it. My drinking paid off in pleasure until. It didn't. Yeah, and exactly. Then, you know, and that's, you know, in a, in a way, that's how many, many marriages are. They There are many good years in the beginning or there's little hiccups along the way and then you get through it and there's some more good times. And, you know, but it's just finding when you get to where like, ah, you know, it's been a long time since there's been a good day here. <laughs> my uh, my old friend, James Barber, his parents were celebrating their 25th anniversary and uh, his dad, uh, Peter, stood up and he said, you know, um, a toast to my wife, Ginger, or my to Ginger, my wife of 25 years. I want to thank you for 18 of the happiest years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at him and she said, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> like, because, you know, it's not, um, we still think of, of everything, you know, in a binary of like, yeah. oh, was it a good marriage or a bad marriage? What, you know, was yeah. it um, yeah. the, oh, a failed marriage or. I just you know, hate to use that term because. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I was arguing with my friend Jay White Cotton when I was in, Alter- uh, I was in Austin, the, which is, that's always a good time. He's super smart dude. And, and we, we rarely see eye to eye on stuff and it makes for good conversation. Absolutely. But, you know, we were talking about, you know, he said that we didn't have, you know, how can we expect to ever solve um, the the human problem without having a good definition of what a human being is? And I, the, I'll save this for having, when I have Jay on the podcast and we ultimately humiliate each other. But uh, the... <laughs> Um, one of the things I said to him was that you're trying to define a human being is like trying to define a river. Yeah. You know, the, um, or, well, a river, you know, gets, sometimes it dries up completely. Sometimes it's like roaring and raging in the springtime. Sometimes it's iced over. It can be frozen solid. The, um, but a river is a river because it always flows in the same bed. Well, no, it it, it doesn't it because doesn't. It, sometimes it changes. It, it changes, you know, it changes cuts, radically, yeah, or paths the, you know, or shortens it's itself, up or and, diverted, or yeah, the. Yeah. Um, so it's you know, then do we define a human being the same way we define pornography, which is to say, you know, we know one when we see one, you know, like the we recognize it. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I, think, I I think it's a ludicrous statement to begin with. <laughs> the what the to define a human being yeah yeah the i i, I was like for what uh, po- purpose what point does that serve yeah i uh, i, I, I <laughs> trust trust me i that was the same way i approached it of like why why are you making our lives hard you know yeah. the, why are you wasting energy um, on this yeah. <laughs> but um uh but but it was it was a valuable interrogation that i think he was making in that it forced me to see all these things in um, my life as like a river, mm-hmm. you know, that like being back in Austin, I love Austin, mm-hmm. awesome town. Mm-hmm. The always have a great time there. Great music scene. I have tons of great friends there and it ain't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I remember breakfast tacos being two bucks and now they're like six. Yeah. And, you know, when Joe Rogan relocated there, then um, a, a lot of people in L.A. sort of like picked up and moved to Austin. So the the character of the city has transformed a lot. But the but Austin's still Austin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's changed, but mm-hmm. it, like it's different, but it's still the same. Sure. You know, and the same thing with New York, that New York's always changing from day to day. And we always say, oh, remember when New York was cool, whether it was the early 2000s or the late 90s or the early 90s. Or, that you know. always kind of irritates me when people talk about, oh, but it's not like it used to be. No. Nothing is. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, because what it used to be is used to be rutted streets without pavements, no lights on the corners. It, you know, how far back do you want to go to the used to be? You know, yeah, you want to the, go back to where you had a good time. Well, say that. It's not the fault of the city, the town or anything else. That's your memory. That's what you want to do. I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but we were talking about how um, the internal combustion engine was originally presented as the green alternative. 
because the streets of shitty uh, of well, I just just gave it away. The streets of cities were filled with horse shit. Yeah. You know, so it was so much cleaner yeah. to have an you know a, a Model T or yeah. whatever a horseless carriage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then now we're trying to get onto electric cars or whatever. Yeah. We'll see. I'm going to be driving that big fucking blue tank in the yard forever. Well, I was thinking, I was looking at my savings and, and cal- going back to this surgery, calculating, like, how much is this going to cost me? Because I know people who have $50,000, $150,000 debt after surgeries. Um, so I'm thinking, hmm, will I need a new car? Can I drive this purple hubcap car for, <laughs> <laughs> for a lot longer? <laughs> When Probably. you <laughs> when you posted the picture of the the old uh, clawfoot porcelain tub in yeah. the yard that you had painted green, like on the side, I was like, "Oh shit! I still have some of that purple spray paint left." Don't you dare come and put graffiti on my I tub. Could, we, we look real nice with some some like uh, some ze- racing zebra stripes, stripes <laughs> or just like polka dots. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> yeah, that mom, that paint's got to get used up somewhere. Oh, you know, I'll find a way. I was thinking about doing my mailbox with it. Oh, that's a great idea. I might do it because I have those purple lines out front. Yeah. The, but the problem is, like, maybe I, I'll get part of the way through the can or get part of the way through the mailbox and then the can dies. Well, I have some beige that you can put <laughs> that, that I've kept, you know, because I can't throw out a part can of paint. God forbid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only reason that tub is forest green is because someone gave me a can of forest green Rust-Oleum. And I thought, oh, here it is. Thank God it's not brown. <laughs> when I was in Austin, I uh, I was hanging out and eating with Eddie Pepitone, who is a legendary comedian, and rightly so. Um, the he's so brilliant, so funny, and you know, sort of really human. Like just sort of effortlessly moves between grief and confusion and hilarity, and you know, sort of like righteous anger. Um, and he was eating the carrot cake there, and then um, he was talking about how good it was, and then he was like. Do you want the Do you want the rest? And I was like, Oh my god, that's like my favorite kind of food. And and he was like, Carrot cake. And I was like, Leftovers. Like, I'll just, <laughs> just go and eat the scraps. <laughs> yeah. Well, today I was thinking about Halloween, and everybody's showing pictures of their costumes, and I was chuckling and thinking maybe oh this God. is the reason I don't like Halloween because when I grew up one of 17 children on a farm in northern Saskatchewan you had a choice you could either dress as a beggar and that was easy because we all <laughs> we all had that costume going <laughs> yeah. on right or you could be a ghost because there was always an old sheet somewhere that you could just rip a hole in the middle of it and you could be a ghost uh, or a scarecrow, because those were things we had on hand. Old clothes. Old and clothes, straw. rags, mismatched shoes and socks, etc. So maybe that's why I save part cans of paint and such, you know? It's like I grew up poor. It's. it's I may so, do with what I had. <laughs> it's so cyclical, too, though, because like when I. <laughs> When I finish a bottle of vitamins or something like that, and then I can throw the container away, I always give myself like a pat on the back. Like, good boy. Like, good you, boy, you finished it. You, you finished used it thing. right like, no to the last. Left. That's you right. Know, the, and then <laughs> and then it's another thrill to like be able to go on Amazon or whatever and like buy and buy the next one. You know? <laughs> it's just cyclical like that. Yeah. The I so my earliest Halloween costume, I think, is when Tatiana and I went as clowns. <laughs> Probably in deep and I, river. Yes, I made I was, those clown suits from old curtains. I yeah, I remember <laughs> the. And I had I had a bald wig. Yes, <laughs> with red. Did it have red on the side, or was that a I think, another I, I costume? Had like I know I had like male pattern baldness. Yeah, the, and it was like a nylon cap. Yeah. And I don't think I understood fully what it was. Well, yeah. How old was I then? Like three or four? Four maybe. I yeah, I remember it very, and I remember too the. I remember always being so angry at you and so disappointed in you that we could never get the store-bought Halloween costumes that were like, it was like a super corny, like cheap plastic mask. And then right. the, I remember often painting uh, an S on my a chest t-shirt for, for Superman. Superman or, yeah. yeah the, mm-hmm. I had my Superman and Shazam t-shirts. Yeah. And, um, but I think the other, I don't even think this was, no, because we used to do uh, paper bag costumes mm-hmm. where T would be like a bunny rabbit. Yep. With and I would holes be in the paper a, bag. a knight with like mm-hmm. a cardboard sword. But you didn't, that wasn't Halloween. That was just 
That was Every just day, Saturday. <laughs> right. It was just, we're dress up. We're playing dress up. And you did a lot of that. Very creative. But no, I would not buy that commercial shit. That was just a waste of money. Yeah. I think my Halloween costume this year is just going to be like a green shirt. And I'm going to hold Sadie up. And just put, you know, zoinks! And we'll be uh, shaggy and Scooby-Doo. I'm going to turn the light out after I've locked the top lock and the bottom lock. (laughs) All the kids can fuck off. Yes! (laughs) There was one year where I bought a bag of candy thinking like, oh, kids will come through the neighborhood and I'll actually do this or whatever. And then nobody came and I just ate the bag of candy. Right, that's exactly what would happen. And what do I need with a bag of candy? Well, unless it's candy corn, maybe. I Man, I love candy corn too. The candy pumpkins. Yeah. The yeah. The, yeah. People hate candy corn. They don't. They have no idea. They they don't missing. know what they're missing. It's like the the yellow marshmallow peeps at Easter. Oh, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's that's not food, mom. The, that's something you chew up and spit out. The, no. But I like Twizzlers too, and Twizzlers. Oh God, like, I love Twizzlers. The Twizzlers are just like when you want to eat something that's not food. <laughs> but they but they you chew them like a bread crust. Right? They've or got or texture. chicken hearts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that dog's going to love me when you're gone cuz I have enough chicken hearts that she can have two or three a day. <laughs> it was heartbreaking the other day when I was leaving your place and you and I were both outside and I called her and she like looked at me Looked at you, looked at me, looked at you, and then she went over to you. <laughs> and I had to tell her it was okay to go home. <laughs> but the upside of that is that you know when you're gone that she's yeah. happy, she's secure. Uh, Tashina always says, you know, she listens to you like mm-hmm. she listens to Mishka. That's great. You know, so I, I just have to mm-hmm. talk to her. Yeah. It's like it, it's like she talks to me. I told you the old PPP routine in the morning. You know, I six twenty. She wakes me up. Okay, we'll go for a pee. She has a pee on, right out the door on the, on the rocks. Then I go around to the side yard, give her a minute. She has a poop. Then we come in. I go to make my coffee, and she's like, "There's another one. It's play. It's play. Pee, poop, play. <laughs> Do you get it?" And she sits there by my knee with. Until I'd be like, uh, never mind, never mind. I'll have the coffee later. I'll leave it here. Let's go. And we go to the dog park. It's so funny because like our morning routine here is so different. Like the alarm goes off. Or before the alarm goes off, she'll keep she'll sort of nudge me or like lick me. The And she knows I'm just like, oh, no. Like just. And then when the alarm goes off, she knows. She knows. And then she's like, and she like does a big stretch. And then I get up, put the coffee on. Sit on the toilet, the and she she lays in bed. She doesn't move. She and Elsie just hang out in bed while I'm. Are like you serious? Making the, well, you know, I make the the well, I make coffee and you know, hit the head and then, um, and then you, she'll go outside sometimes to go pee in the yard or whatever when she wakes up, but not right away. You know, because we have the doggy door here. And then, but as soon as I like uh, put on my running shorts. Then yeah. she's like, yeah. you know, or I, when I put her collar on. I always tell her, I'm like, all right, we're going to put your clothes on for school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> buckle up her collar. <laughs> well, the other day she skipped the poop routine. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, I guess she'll do that at the park. Um, so I went in, waited a bit. I thought, well, I'll get ready to go, and I, I'll, but I'll take her out to the side yard because I'd rather she do her pooping here. And um, nope, she would not go to the side yard. She sat by the car because it was that was the next item. She already had been there, didn't work, never mind, yep. next, play. And she sat by the car until I said, okay, come on, let's go. And as soon as you got to the park. Yeah. Yeah. I brought a bag. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think that'll do it for the, for today. Any, any or unless there's anything you're dying to get off your chest? Nope, uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, we don't use the word dying here. Yeah, yeah I guess. Get that li- off your chest. Anything you're living to get off your chest. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. But how funny is this? I mean, not funny, funny. But let's say I can't use my tongue after this surgery for a year. <sighs> This would be the last podcast for a while. Well, we better get another one in then before you go into the knife. 
Yeah. Well, you know when it is. <laughs> okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. I love you, Mom. Thanks for doing my too. podcast. I love you, too. <laughs> All right. All right. Folks, thank you so much for listening. I know there's uh, some million podcasts out there. We appreciate you uh, you spending your time with us. The um, If you're digging the show, if you're enjoying it, if, you, if these conversations uh, move you, make you laugh, annoy you, piss you off, um, please take a minute to, uh, to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it helps us grow the show and it helps other people find it. Um, if you'd like to hear bonus episodes, song demos, just sort of uh, ranting off the cuff uh, conversations, all sorts of different uh, bonus material, writing advice, uh, personal blog posts and stuff like that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Mishka Shabali. Uh, we will be having monthly episodes up there with my mom and I answering uh, questions from readers. And there's all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, thank you so much for supporting.